The goal, explain the 1990s in exactly 60 songs. The result, we did it. I'm Rob Arvilla. I host 60 songs that explain the 90s, which has indeed covered 60 fantastic songs thus far from Tupac to Radiohead to TLC. So let's do 30 more. Let's do 90 songs. No, we're not changing the name. More rad songs, more special guests, more astute critical analysis, more loopy nostalgic exuberance. That's 60 songs that explain the 90s every Wednesday only on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Hello! And welcome everybody to Netflix and Spill on the Ring of Reality TV podcast. I'm Jomi Dineron social media coordinator at The Ringer, and I'm here with Ringer staff writer Jody Walker. Jody, it's starting to get a little nasty in the circle. How are you feeling? Domi, I'm feeling great. I'm not feeling nasty at all. I'm ready to talk <laughs> about The Circle. I miss my Spice Girls, admittedly. I could have kept them on, I think, the whole season long. Maybe just in a little, like, screen-on-screen screen talking to us, like, as a little, you know, just a little spectator sport. Um, I'm just excited to get into these dynamics. It feels like they could rename this show The Thruple because we are positively <laughs> flush with thruples. And honestly, Netflix reality is probably working on a show called The Thruple right now. <laughs> I can't wait to cover that one of when that one comes through. Today, we are here to talk about episodes five through eight of The Circle, season four, and stick around at the end for an interview I did with some circle royalty. That is what in the business we call a tease. So <laughs> hold on for that. And if you've been loving the season like we have, please check out the interview I did with Rachel and John, a.k.a. Carol, on this feed. Jomi, that interview was positively delightful. I really recommend that everyone go and listen to it. You guys had a great rapport. They had so much information to give. They did not quite seem as uh, interested in their own food and eating as I am interested <laughs> in their own food and eating, but it was like fun and cool to hear how everybody is, you know, buddies now and who's besties with who and who's in the actual group chat with who. Uh, and to hear from John as John was very funny. <laughs> it, it was great. Me and John are, are best friends now. We follow each other oh, sure. on Instagram, yeah. DM, you know what I'm saying? So that's okay, my Okay, so here's the question, Jomi. Have you met Mama Carol? 
Uh, we got to work up to that. You know, I didn't want right, to, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, it's a new friendship. I just want to like step in and be like, hey, man, you know, I know we just met. She's but move the aside. royalty. That is true. That is <laughs> facts. All right. Let's get into these last four episodes. Circle, enter group chat. All right. Let's quickly hit off where the the last four episodes left us with who was going to vote for the Spice Girls. Rachel. Dun, dun, dun. Picked Alyssa and Yu Ling voted for Rachel, which means the Spice Girls did it. They did it. They did it. They earned the $50,000 to go into the pot for the winner. You know, we predicted last week that they were going to be successful, uh, and they were. And I'm proud of the Spice Girls. I think that it is, it remains unbelievable that the Spice Girls were on the circle. It's just so <laughs> funny. They're so famous. <laughs> they don't have to do it. They do not have to do that. They did it for the love of the game. Like, I just, I truly feel like they're fans. I think the circle is such a weird show and it has such a specific fan base of like anyone who's into it is so into it and like ready for the new season and plotting and thinks that like this is all totally normal. And then anyone who's not watching the circle literally hasn't even heard of it like doesn't know what you're talking about couldn't possibly imagine the rules has no opinions on catfish but the spice girls very obviously have a lot of opinions on catfish and so they very hilariously and confusingly reveal that the spice girls are jared by showing that jared's guess for who the spice girls are is jared and so like for a moment everyone's like jared guessed himself Jared is the Spice Girls. Jared is the Spice Girls. Jared is the Spice Girls. It went just like that. And as they were leaving the circle, they got to choose one person to meet with, and they chose Alyssa because they had had that back and forth on, you know, small and spicy and scary being in the bio. I guess, but it just really hurt my feelings that they did not choose especially Rachel, but also Yu Ling. I just thought that was going to be, they mentioned both of their names and they were such big fans. And I also felt like Rachel kind of deserved it because she got guessed so many times, like three or four people guessed that she was the Spice Girls. And like she said, she was flattered by that guest, but it also suggests that people don't have a certain amount of trust in her. So I did wish that it could have been her, but also who knows if they really made that decision. Like maybe they sent them to Alyssa's room because they knew Alyssa had a little tea to spill. Exactly. Exactly. And so with that saga wrapped up, the apology tour begins because they did not get the they a lot of people guess the catfish is wrong. And Rachel particularly got the brunt of it and was like, oh man, I got. I got some work to do in this yeah. in this place. And you know what work she did? I mean, I think that that was like a pretty good wake up call for her because throughout these four most recent episodes, she she did get to work. She made a lot of social connections and like really seems to have branded herself as someone who is honest and who tells it like it is. And sometimes that's going to be a little messy, but that's who she is. And 
I've been really impressed with that transition from accused Spice Girl to known <laughs> witch Rachel. <laughs> Not the streets which, know. paranormal researcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, the streets know. You got to be on your game. You know what I'm saying? The paranormal, watch out. Rachel is in the business. She's here. <laughs> but to your point, Rachel is starting to make better connections because she joins the girl chat with Carol. Right? Carol, Krissa, Alyssa, they come all together. And Carol calls out Krissa for thinking she was a catfish hunting for the Spice Girls. And a lot of people didn't really like that. It wasn't really, it wasn't really the vibe, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Like a lot of people or the people observing the conversation thought that it was like sort of passive aggressive. But Krissa was just like, oh, she got me. <laughs> like She didn't seem too bothered by it. Carol didn't seem, Carol didn't seem to really think she was doing it as a mm. dig. Little yeah. does Carol know, literally everyone knows she's a catfish, but we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. This girl's chat always kind of cracks me up because Carol's, like, really into it, like, really into having her girls, and no one else seems to, like, kind of think of it as an alliance <laughs> at all. Like, literally everyone else has much stronger alliances that are mostly, like, multi-gendered, but they, got, they have to sort of, like, do this obligatory girl's chat every once in a while. Which who among us has not had to do like an obligatory bachelorette chat every once in a while? <laughs> well, it's literally like your mom's like everybody would come. We're having a conversation like, dog, I was doing something, bro. Like we yeah. like, please, I'm begging you like lit. But when mom says go get the groceries, you go get the groceries. Right. <laughs> you know? When mom says it's time to group chat, even if you know she's not a mom, you know, she's probably a young man. <laughs> you still come to the group chat. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid it. All right, and then we go to the Who Do You Think game. And this is a game that's supposed to see what the contestants think of each other, right? And so we get things like most strategic, who is most trustworthy, you know, who do they think is going to win, All right? So let's start with the most strategic. Carol got four votes for that category. Frank got two, and Alyssa got one. Who do you think, though? Jody is the most strategic in the circle. Well, we know that Nathan thinks he's the most strategic. And oh, uh, oh <laughs> Jesus. We'll get to him. <laughs> we'll, we will we'll get, get to, to Jomi's sworn enemy, Nathan. And I Jesus and I literally Christ. can't wait. But I think I think it's Alyssa. I think mm. the worst thing Alyssa did for her game a little later on is note to the other players who would have no way of knowing this what a meticulous note taker she is because that's her strength, but it's only a strength as long as it's a secret. And so like at this point, she gets one vote for most strategic, but later on, I bet she would have gotten a lot more votes because I think she just exposed herself for how strategic she is. The stuff on the, the stuff about Carol being most strategic is interesting because I don't actually find John to be that strategic of a player. I think that this sort of like coming to understand that someone is playing Mama Carol is what makes her seem strategic is it's like she's obviously made this decision to come in as a catfish for a reason. And so yeah. just foundationally, that is a strategic decision. But in a lot of ways, I think John plays kind of emotionally and gets really hurt by people yes. betraying him and and gets really like up and, and kind of distracted when someone really likes him. <laughs> so it makes sense that those votes went that way, but I, I just think it's a little more complicated than 
Yeah, I'm rocking with you. I think Alyssa is the most strategic. Like everything she does, like you said, meticulous note taker is always noting things. Is always like, hmm, that's interesting and whatnot. And with her, with her brain power, you know, like she, like you said, we'll talk about it later. She might get caught up with that, but just like watching the game and like seeing the bigger picture, like she's definitely the person with like the most brains on her shoulders. Even though Carol right. was the most strategic, she also tied at the top with most trustworthy. It was Carol, Krissa, and Yu Ling. Uh, who do you think is the most trustworthy, though? Ooh, that is a toughie. I think that it is... I, I just, again, I find this Carol stuff so interesting with these sort of superlative questions because I think it's just proof that she's really divisive. And she has people who really, who know she's a catfish and really like her and people yeah. who know she's a catfish and really don't like that about her. <laughs> um, I think that, oh, who do you think? I feel like I need a prompt. I don't think any of them are trustworthy. <laughs> I Well, here's the thing, right? I think... You mentioned it in the most strategic. Carol is genuine, even though it's not, you know, it's John cosplaying as his mother. It's really John's, you know, his feelings are getting like really involved in, in this game. Yeah. And so, like, like you said, when Chris voted him as a catfish, he was hurt. He was like, oh, I can't I can't believe this. Da, da, da. And when he's in the group chat, even though like he is, you know, not actually Carol, he does really care. And we'll talk about, you know, the two people he cares like he cares about the most in the circle and how that like kind of maybe like gets him in trouble a little bit. But he does actually really want, you know, the best for his people. And so, like I said, with the bigger picture looking at it, like, yeah, like he is the most trustworthy person in the circle, which is which is wild to say as a catfish. Okay, I, in in listening to your description of trust, have come up with my answer, which is Frank. I think that Frank is a ride-or-die guy. He was so devoted to Krissa that a lot of times during those decisions that preempted her demise, he was thinking about Krissa more than he was thinking about himself. And I think it's because he knew that she was in trouble and he knew that she was pretty safe. And I don't know, trustworthy is a complicated word in this game because it's like, in order to be trustworthy to one or two people, you have to be uh, sort of like lying to all the rest of the people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess I think he's the most loyal and I think he's trustworthy. Uh, can't believe she's on this list, but Yuling at two. We'll talk about that later. Absolutely <laughs> the least, but that's fine. I don't think that, but we'll talk about we'll it talk later. About it. <laughs> so for the last question, one of the most important ones. Who do you think can win? And this one is tough because it paints a target on your back. Yeah. If people think like you're going to walk away with 150K and Krissa, Frank and Carol, all three of them end up with the most votes in that category. Do you really? Well, Krissa, uh, we'll get to, you know, her problems and how, you know why she might not win later. Right. But, for, <laughs> Spoilers. But, for, <laughs> but for Frank and Carol. Do you think you could see them at the top when this thing is all said and done? 
Definitely. I mean, they've been lingering around the top of all of these lists. I think it would be like an absolute boon for Mama Carol to win, considering all the sort of like chaos and drama that seems to surround her. Um, I also think it's wild how sort of under the radar Frank is flying at this point. Everyone knows he's popular. At the end of these four episodes, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the new guys choose him to protect. And that might be kind of like a turn in the direction of like, oh, we got to get this guy out of here. He's like, he's, it's, you know, it's like Survivor. If he makes it to the end, he's going to win. I could definitely see him winning if he can continue to play this like incredible balancing act that he's doing thus far. Yeah, I I think Frank, like you said earlier, is just just a champion, like a a true hero. You know, oh, never un, like always composed, never rushed. Just like I'm doing what I'm doing in my but like time. his version of composed, yes. which is sometimes putting a macrame wall hanging around his neck and pretending that it is a crop top and doing a little dance. <laughs> what whatever is fun, right? Like composure it at its frankiest. The man, the man's just chilling, and I gotta respect it. That does not seem <laughs> that does not seem like a person who's gonna get caught up in all in all the all the BS, right? Like, so he definitely, definitely for me, I ranked him number one last week when we did our rankings, yep. and I think like, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be there at the end, at the very least, he's gonna be Ooh. there at the very end. Right, so then we do a ranking, and you'll never guess, but Yuling and Ulyssa are in the top spots. The thruple is stronger than ever, Jody. They really rose up the ranks. These these rankings moved around quite a bit from from last episode. So, Jomi, you know I'm newer to this show, and mm-hmm. you are our circle savant, our circle historian expert. Is this unusual? Do, like, the top usually stay top, or does it stay trading around? Oh no! Once you're like the first two influencers, they they put a target in your back. Like, all right, so you're cool, you know. And then the first couple episodes, it's like, oh, just good vibes and feelings. Then it starts to get a little strategic, right? right. And that's why instead of Carol and Frank, as last time, they moved down the block a little bit, and Yuling and Alyssa leapfrog them and become the the influencers, you know? And that's why I found it, like, really fascinating and interesting that Frank stayed at number three, three. which is almost number two. <laughs> like, he, he, you know, he was within, who knows, a vote of being back in the top two. It's like, I don't think people are scared enough of him, and I can't imagine why. That's what but I'm maybe saying. maybe they just love him that much. He's that lovable. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. He's just, like, such such an incredible person. And so people, nobody is, nobody's running, nobody's running scared, which is, which is interesting, you know? And hey, Sasha, Sasha makes a great point. Last season, Nick and James were influencers two weeks, two times in a row, mm. you know? So it, could, it can happen, you know, but it's just, it's really like, all right, are people thinking strategically? Are people trying to, you know, think with their hearts versus their heads? You know, for the most part, you won't end up with back-to-back, but it can't happen. It's not impossible. We got to talk about this thruple. We we got to, we have to have a conversation. Um, Brew is putting the moves on you, Ling. I'd say which thruple, but I assume you mean the titular thruple. The titular thruple. Um, There's a lot going on. Brew, and, and Alyssa. Alyssa. Yes. 
Yes. Let me just say that Brew is in over his head. <laughs> he was in their like last conversation. He was literally guzzling water. <laughs> he was thirsty. So, so nervous. Thirsty, thirsty, literally and figuratively. Let me tell you something. When Yu Ling was like, listen, I can't tell if he's actually hitting on me or making a joke. I was like, dang, I've heard that one before. That's that's a Jomi special that's, right there. That's kind of your move. That's that's a Jomi special right there. It's well, like, Jomi, maybe that's like a little advice from you, Ling, that the 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 Goyles might need some clarification. Like, were you, were you joking or you put the booze on? I'm like, <laughs> guys. Are they mutually exclusive? No. And how dare you, Ling, ask that, first of all? Because her flirting is Pure insanity. She said to Alyssa and Brew in their group chat, the next time I see you, I'm going to kiss you both on the mouth. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> shall we assume that she is being serious or shall we assume that she is joking? That is explicit. That, to be fair, <laughs> that is pretty explicit. This is, I'm going to do this. Jimmy, tell me this. Why do I feel so much more comfortable with the three of them flirting with each other in some weird, twisted little triangle than I ever do with two people flirting alone in a group chat, in a two-person chat? Well, uh, well, to be like specific with Brew, Yuling, and Alyssa, I feel like you... Alyssa's being left out. Like, where's the love for the girl, for the homegirl? I'm saying it's like I don't think that's true. I think Brew has a a true a true little crush on Alyssa. Mm, Not to say that he doesn't have a true little crush on you, Ling, too. I don't know. I can't figure it out. But, like, where's the game at, brother? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, pull up. You got, you know what I'm saying? That's why you got to have the, you know, the player phone. You know what I'm saying? One phone, you you talk to all the girlies on. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, I I do not know what you're saying. (laughs) What is a player phone? (laughs) Oh, you you know, you got, you know, you got the work phone. You know what I'm saying? You got the business. You know what I'm saying? You talk to family. You know, that's why Mm -hmm. you're, you know. But then you got the player phone. And that's where you talk to all the girlies on, you know what I'm saying? And so Brew, my man's, he not really like, he not really vibing. So he he can't really split his his, you know, you ling Alyssa thing, you know what I'm saying? If a, if the brother, you know, was was really out here on the, in the streets like that, you know what I'm saying? If he had like some comments, some street smarts, you know, he'd be splitting game at both of them. You know what I'm saying? She'd be like, oh, you know. You know, I oh, don't worry about Alyssa, man. She good, man. You know, we just we just friends. Oh, don't worry about you, Lane. You know, that's the homie. You know what I'm saying? Well, he, he does can't. eventually, right? When he went into this individual chat with you, Ling, I was aghast. Like, <laughs> what if this gets back to Alyssa? I don't think I don't know a ton about thruples, but I don't think that that is proper thruple etiquette. I it's believe not. It's not. I believe that one of the core tenets of a thruple is communication. And I know they're new to this, but. It could have gone south. It, it could have gone. That's what I'm saying, Brew. You know, I know the circle's over, but if you listen to my brother, you know, you just you just got to you got to know phone. game. Get that player phone, man. <laughs> I'm trying to put you on game, Bruce. Jomi, Jomi Street Smarts, right to you, fam. And then we go to the circle roast with Nikki Glazer. Just like as a broad thought on this exercise, it. Might have been the most awkward I've ever felt watching the, the circle. The moment. Oh, so, Jomi, you must not be a Bachelor watcher. <laughs> the moment they said roast, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the, the Honest, one of the most awkward things a reality television can do, which is a thing that reality television series love to do, is make people who are not comedians perform comedy. Ugh. Now, that they put the additional like levels in it that they have to write this stuff down and then have a person who's not them perform it 
is so weird. I mean, I did kind of love it. It was incredibly awkward, but just like seeing, see, even, and even the ones where Nikki was like, you did a great job. I was like, no, they didn't. I mean, nothing was like, I actually thought Bruce was pretty genuinely funny. I relate a lot to Brew because he is, you know, he's he's in radio. Like, he's like us. He records things verbally, and he has a really hard time transitioning that into writing it down because those yeah. are two extremely different mediums. And so I think, like, given a little time, he was able to make his written word maybe as, like, charming and dynamic as his spoken word. All I kept thinking throughout these latter four episodes, uh, episodes five through eight, is like, did they get a drafts folder? Because when I'm going into these big, (laughs) you got a player phone, I got my notes app. If I am going into like an important text message, Jomi is showing me his player phone. Gotta have two phones. I got the player phone. Got the work phone and the player phone. What's what's Guess what I'm not showing you? My notes app, because it is full of (laughs) nonsense. But like, if I'm going into a big conversation or I'm about to trade kind of a risky text, it's in my notes app first. I'm not drafting Mm. that thing in box. And like, when when Brew was starting some of these bigger conversations with other players, I was like, God, did they get to like draft that? It always seems like they're doing it so live that it makes me nervous, like they're going to mess up. I think it's it's interesting that I mean we talked to John and and Rachel last week and they were just like Reb, sometimes things take forever you got to spend a lot of time waiting on people to message yeah. you know it's like a it's an actual thing that you know can be a problem so yeah like I said I don't think people just, I think they just go off the cuff and that'll like that'll get them in trouble uh Brew Alyssa and Rachel though they did a great job you know in this uh the circle roast <laughs> a good job <laughs> I, you know I, I'm giving I'm gonna say great because like you said they're not comedians so the fact that like I was watching I didn't like hate myself watching right. them go was was pretty good you know congrats Krissa and Frank we have to have a conversation we need to we need to have a serious cock Krissa especially um that was uh without fail like some of the like it's like it's Scott's tots number one <laughs> And then it's Chris uh, roast at two. Like that pause, like the the dead silence. I'm realizing that this is the rare instance where I have like a high tolerance for secondhand embarrassment because while it was incredibly awkward, I thought it was so funny them showing her just cracking up at her own jokes and showing everyone else just like blinking in in pure confusion. But I think that's kind of the thing about Krissa is like, I think she's an in-person charmer. So like a lot of probably her in-person stuff that we get to see because we're watching her doesn't come through in her writing where people are, you know, ultimately saying that she's kind of just like the peanut gallery and it's just some something wasn't clicking through even though I really liked her. No, yeah. I think and thought she was point. funny. Uh, well, not in this roast. Not she in the wasn't. roast, Jomi. Not in the roast. I'll give you that. It was when they when they go to the to everybody else, everybody just staring in silence. And she's like, yeah. At least she didn't, at least she didn't know that. At least she had that. <laughs> she was probably weeping while watching this episode. I was I was crying, bro. That was that was that was ridiculous. And I think another thing of note in this in this roast was 
Rachel just straight up calls Carol a catfish. It's like, you're not real. And is it weird that everybody, like, pretty much, it's a known secret that Carol's a catfish and no one's not really doing anything about it? Okay, so to me, as a circle novice, it's not weird. I think the concept of even having catfish at all is a little flawed because everyone knows that some people are coming in as a catfish and the the reason that they come in as a catfish is because they think that their natural self is not as winning as the person that they come in as. And I don't think in this particular instance that that makes a catfish inherently less trustworthy. It doesn't make them a worse alliance mate. It doesn't make them a worse teammate. It doesn't mean, it means that foundationally what they're doing is like, is is less trustworthy, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm, I don't know, Jomi, has this happened before? Has this happened where a catfish, everyone has understood that someone's a catfish and they still keep getting, because, nah. no. Nah. <laughs> To me, it makes sense. It's like, take this person who everyone kind of doesn't trust to the end with you, and then you'll probably beat them. Like, it seems strategic. Interesting. I never thought of it like that. Like, normally in the show, somebody outs themselves of a catfish, you have a pretty strong suspicion that someone's a catfish, they're out of there, donezo, goodbye, see you later. Yeah, it's weird. It's like in the morality that this show has created for itself, which is not the morality that you and I live in in the non-circle no. world, yeah. There's, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about being a catfish. So it's, it's almost, I feel like it's like wasting a block that you block someone simply because you find out that they're a catfish. What if they're a good ally? What if they're a good teammate? What if they get a lot of the tea? What if they're always making you come to a girl's group chat that you don't want to come to? There are a lot of reasons to keep a catfish, in my novice circle opinion. And that's why we we talk about, like, this influencer season, you know? Like, with all these people who are smart about being online and being being good with people— it's interesting that they're not like, all right, Carol, you're not real. We're it's a pack. They do have, like you said, like there are alliances forming. They do have connections. Normally, that would not save you. That would right. get you cooked. Well, they like her. Some of them like her. Is the thing is like she, whether she's John or not, she's still playing this mom character, and there seems to be some value to that to the group. Like she is, it's definitely dissipating by episode eight, but she is kind of the glue holding this thing together and making it where they're not all just social media influencers and they're not all savvy because she is still playing this role. Now, what would be funny is like once everyone is fully on the same page that Carol is a catfish, is John just being like, you're right. I'm a catfish. (laughs) I'm John. It's nice to meet you. And just like started playing as himself. Just giving up the game right there. Yeah, he's like, I can't say sweetheart one more time or talk about my mom's sex life. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come out as myself. No, that's a twist. That would be some circle if you're listening, you know. Jody pays high rates, but her producer talent <laughs> is next level. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be a freelance rate, but just let me know. <laughs> All right. So our final ranking. Okay, we have Yuling at one, Alyssa at two, Frank. At three, we have a tie for fourth with Carol and Brew, and Krissa comes in dead last. Just a reminder, Nathan and Rachel cannot be voted since they were new. They could rate, but they cannot be rated. So they were not able to end up on this list. 
Alyssa, Alyssa and Yuling are the new circle influencers. What do we think? Yeah, I think, you know, we had like addressed this earlier. I I like, um, I mean, I just think, I think it makes sense. I think they like had gathered a lot of clout at this point. They'd entered into a lot of very strategic alliances where a number of people considered them their number one spot. Yuling really, when, when they go into the influencer chat, Alyssa calls her the comeback queen. And that is really true. You know, she was at the bottom, like really on the risk of getting blocked. And to come all the way back around to number one is really impressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of the influencer chat, Alyssa and Yuling immediately agree to keep Frank and Brew. Like, hey, those are the homies. And then an interesting tidbit slips out. They find out that Carol has independently told both of them that she saved them in the last blocking. Mm. That will be important later. You know, here's the thing, right? I think Carol was being genuine about that. Was like, hey, like, hey, you know, I did want to save you guys because we was cool. I don't think that she thought they would take it the way they did. You said you think she was being genuine about saying it to them, like she wasn't being strategic, or you think she was being strategic? She wasn't being strategic. It was just like, yeah. hey, I, you know, I did want, I, I was like, hey, we should save Yuling, and I want to save Alyssa. Like, n- like nothing crazy, it's not, nothing It's nothing not untrue wild. what she said. She's been going to bat for Alyssa from the very beginning. And I think that, I think the like use of the word save is maybe what like gets her into some trouble because she didn't exactly like save Yuling. And ultimately where this information be- becomes seen as like a lie is when Yuling tells Frank about it. And Frank is the one person who can refute it. And I think he genuinely is not doing that in a way to like frame Mama Carol as a liar, but he was there in that conversation and he knows that they made those decisions mutually. Mm-hmm. But to Mama Carol, she feels like she came in with this protectiveness around Alyssa and Yuling. And so she's telling them that, but Yuling. Mm, that is a turning point. It is a turning point we would get to a little bit later. And so they go forth and they, you know, talk about who else. And at the end of it all, when it's all said and done, Krissa is blocked from the circle. Jomi, what did you think? I was shocked. <laughs> no, nah, I knew it was, it was, it, I mean, honest with you, pack watch. A- as soon as they got in the room, I was like, Krissa's gone. Krissa's gone. It has yeah. to be her. She did not have. Uh, yeah, she did not have an alliance in that room that would have kept her. I was just, I was sad to see her go. It was such a small group, and I actually thought it was weird that Nathan and Rachel weren't included. I felt like they'd been there for a while at that point. Like, <laughs> they went through the Spice Girls of it all. That, like, yeah. bonds people like war. I mean, like, that's, she, that, I think they should have been in the vote, in which case I think it probably maybe would have been Nathan. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I would have liked to have seen her get a second chance to have some of these conversations that it was said she didn't have. And like, but the circle's not about second chances, I guess. I just, I was sad to see her go. And then, okay, the awkwardness that you felt during the roast, I felt once it was revealed that Yuling, as the top influencer, would have to go tell Krissa in person that she was the one being blocked. Yeah, that was hard. 
It was. She goes in there. She opens the door and Chris's head is just in her hands. Like that's, I mean, I guess if you're making a decision like that, you should be able to give it in person, but it was a brutal. It, it, it was funny though. Cause she goes in, she's like, hi, I'm Yuling. Uh, and I just want to let you know, fun fact, you've been blocked. <laughs> no, like, except she's like nervously like, laughing the whole yes, time, which is exactly, exactly what I would do, be doing. She just keeps saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, that is not comforting to Krissa, who just lost $150,000, 50 of them directly from the Spice Girls. So, she, so to, good. Krissa, Krissa gets to a point where she can talk and... Yuling throws Alyssa so far under the bus, she is in the terminal. I mean, Jeez. she's like, it wasn't me. And she she doesn't seem like she's doing it on purpose, though. I kind of am not sure what truth Yuling is telling herself because she keeps saying that, like, she should have stuck to her guns. She went in there planning to protect Krissa because Krissa, Frank, and Yuling had a really emotionally rich conversation before this ranking and before they went into the influencer chat that really seemed to affect Yuling um, and that seemed honest. But she didn't, like, really, you know, they've had a lot of emotional conversations and she didn't seem to stick to that. But when she's talking, yeah. which I would do too, I would be lying my ass off. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm gonna know, I'm gonna see this person for 10 minutes. I'm not about to like humble myself to be like, nope, I did it because it's, it was something I had to do. Yeah, I would be like, Alyssa did it. But I just couldn't understand who Yuling was suggesting that she would have voted out otherwise. If, if she hadn't been swayed to Krissa by Alyssa at, oh my goodness, are all these names right? Yes. Yes, you got <laughs> swayed, it. No, you got it. Swayed to Krissa by Alyssa as she was sort of like portraying as had happened. She wasn't going to vote out Brew. No, you can't. You can't vote out your your flirt buddy in the circle. That's just that's just bad. That's just bad gamesmanship right there. You know what I'm saying? But I think to your point, she was doing the little like. She was awkward. She wasn't really, like, thinking about, like, being strategic in that moment. It was just, like, I don't think it was on purpose. She was just trying to, like, hey, man, what me? You got to look. You got to look in other directions. It, it was it was somebody else. You know? I get it. Sometimes when I get in an awkward situation, I, like, fully black out. And I am talking and moving like a human. But I am operating like someone who would do anything and say anything to make a situation less awkward, which I think is is what Yuling was up to. And ultimately, they left as friends, and I hope they're in a group chat together right now. <laughs> well, then Yuling follows that up in a spectacular fashion by telling Frank about what Carol told her and Alyssa, that Carol was the main person who saved Yuling and Alyssa. And Frank did not, eh, Frank didn't really take that quite well. Frank was like, I don't think, mm, I don't think that's true. Yeah. I mean, he just wasn't, he wasn't going to take, he wasn't going to like allow the implication of that to be that he was ready to throw Alyssa and Yuling out and that Carol was the one who saved them. And this, as we suggested earlier, really turns Yuling on Carol. I mean, for the rest of the episodes through episode eight that we that Netflix has has put out, she is like on a Carol 
hunt. She will not hear anything positive about her. She will (laughs) talk about her in front of known allies of Carol. Like, she sees this as a lie. And I guess that is, like, the worst thing in her eyes that you can do, even though everybody is out there lying a little bit. Our our girl, Yuling, just lied her ass off to Krissa. (laughs) But Chris is not in the game anymore. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And it's tough. I honestly think that Carol Hunt is just a well, I mean, like I said, we'll talk about how this, you know, all ties in together near the end of the podcast. But this is a weird decision to make, I think. And her focus, like her focus being on on Carol kind of just like turns her brain off to like other things she'd be fo- she'd be focusing on right i don't know jomi she continues i think to play a really good game and the best thing that okay jomi disagrees i oh, have no. i have unending <laughs> elite okay it, <laughs> it gets tough at the end but in this moment my favorite part of these four episodes happens which is frank adding rachel to the chat Rachel, Frank, and Yuling, Jomi, to speak in Ringerverse terminology, these are my Avengers. Like, this, <laughs> these are my people. Like, these are probably my th- three favorite players left on the board. And they're so, like, weird and creative and funny. And they immediate, immediately have this, like, incredibly deep conversation uh, that I just really appreciated. I will say about Yuling that for like, as kind of, you know, sometimes she kind of talks like she's in a nonstop TikTok video and she's like very <laughs> animated. Yeah. But she also has a tendency and Rachel has this, actually all three of them do because they've done it in all the chats they've had to allow this sort of um, like trust in a circle <laughs> Is it, mm-hmm. is that, are they the hey. ones that call it the inner trust circle? Yeah. I get I, I some of these so. names confused, but they, they allow this sort of safety, it seems like, to sort of genuinely express themselves. And that seems to be what's forming the strongest alliances. And, you know, that comes up at the end when Yuling has a choice between an alliance based on an emotional bond and an alliance based on fake flirting. No spoilers as to what she chooses, but maybe you can guess. Yeah, it, I can't wait. I can't wait for that conversation. <laughs> so then Nathan and Alyssa, you know, have just a, a ditty of a time talking. And it's just like, all right, you guys, are, you guys are both playing the game. We get it. Y'all gotta, you know, you know what I'm saying? You, Nathan has to, you know, try and talk himself back into like the eyes of the people. And Alyssa is just trying to, you know, understand like all right is this guy who he says he is you know and, like, oh, take her Alyssa, notes and do my her favorite thing. thing that Alyssa says about Nathan is like a, a combination it's like a, a play on that Dua Lipa comment under a Dua Lipa video which is like go girl give us nothing like <laughs> Nathan gives nothing and I and I appreciate that Alyssa points it out a number of times because he, it's so shallow, and he always thinks he's nailing it because yeah. for some reason, that's what he's trying to do. In his eyes, he is a success story because he's trying to be this, like, shallow, jobless college senior or whatever, 
it's just it doesn't and i want to shout out some of our um some of our twitter followers who gave us a couple answers to our question last week of where do they get these catfish photos seems like a lot of places um but i think that i read that uh this is one of oh who plays Na- alex's uh brothers friends or or college pals and who has allowed for his photos to be used. I wonder if uh, Alex explained to this young man, Nathan, the sort of like characteristics that he would be giving him and being like, yeah, I want to seem like an idiot. I want to seem shallow. I will say that I get drunk at every opportunity, (laughs) but yeah, Uh, um, he's just, he's just giving, he's purposefully giving nothing, which I cannot understand on a strategic level. He also has the jankiest murder board I have ever seen (laughs) in my life. You know, we were talking last week about like that eventually Alyssa was going to start connecting all of her notes with yarn. Well, Nathan is doing that and he's doing it with itty bitty post-it notes that just say people's names on them. I I know I ranked him last uh, in my rankings last week. And I don't know if we'll do that again this week, but I just want to remind the people Nathan is dead last in all of it, in in all of it. I don't understand. Like you said, it's no strategy there. It's just vibes, and the vibes are terrible. <laughs> like what? Are, like what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, come on! I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked if the next time we get an elimination, he's not the person out of there. I just, I just yeah. don't, I just don't see it. Well, here is what I think his strategy is doing, which is why I don't understand why he thinks it's a winning strategy. Is it actually, I I believe, per my understanding of the game, it is setting him up to go a distance. Like, if he is, he is setting himself up as such a non-threat that, like, maybe people would continue to carry him along because he's not a threat. But he could never win. No. Because he's so unwinning like he doesn't have a personality and that in the ultimate vote that chooses the winner you do have to be likable powerful something yeah and he's none he's none of the above he's none he does have a mullet and i will give him that and that will get you some distance but (laughs) it won't make you the winner of the circle (laughs) per my limited understanding well thank god that we got two new players to distract us from Nathan's existence in the circle. We got Everson from Atlanta. He's a cruise director, extremely dapper. You know, literally so dapper. Sh- showed up like he was going to a wedding. He's going in as himself, not a catfish. And he is single, and this was funny, and ready to flamingle. Love that. So many funny things about Everson. One is that he's a cruise ship director, which is like, where do they find these people with these jobs? Like, I, I, you know, I always think I'm like coming in hot to a party when I'm like, yeah, I'm a pop culture journalist. Isn't that interesting? No, that's not interesting. <laughs> Everybody has that job. You know what's interesting? Being a cruise ship director. And it seems like the, the kind of personality that is like tailor-made for this show. He does seem to have a fun personality. He refers to himself as a merman. But more importantly than any of that is throughout our introduction to Everson, he is drinking as though it is a cup from a vase shaped like a fish. Just his whole big hand put through the handle of this vase 
pouring water into his mouth. That's the kind of cup that Brew needs for his conversations with Yuling and Alyssa. <laughs> like, that is, a, that is a chalice made for thirst. Of course, it is actually a vase made for flowers, but it's just so weird. And then later we see him, once he's been there a little while, we see him drinking directly out of a blender where he's made a smoothie. I, he can only drink from large vessels, it seems. He is a large guy, but... You got to commit to the bit. You know, you do. I, I know all about that. Like once you're in, you're in, you're in for a foot, you're in for a mile. Okay. Right? So he's got bits and he's not afraid to use them. <laughs> no. And then in a super surprise, we get Trevor and you're like, who is this guy? Trevor, he seems like somebody like, who, why should I know him? Because in season two, his wife, Delisa, went in as him and won the whole thing. The whole kid and caboodle. They've already got circle money, and he's back to get some more. He's back to get some more. He's coming in as Imani, one of Delisa's friends. Okay, and Jomi, did you say, tell me this. She won, and she was a catfish, right? Yes. His wife? She, she won as Trevor, yes. As Trevor, catfishing as him. So, like, he couldn't possibly come in as himself because... I mean, I guess he could, but everyone's already seen him. Well, f- funny you mentioned that because there may or may not be an interview at the end of this uh, episode that uh-huh. answers that exact question. Wow, wow, wow. Look at this synergy. I literally cannot wait to listen. It's really great, right? <laughs> so they each throw a party and the game is who can get the most people to come to their party, right? Imani throws a toga party. Everson throws an under-the-sea party. Tough look for Everson because only Brew and Rachel join his party, while Yuling, Nathan, Carol, Frank, and Alyssa go to the toga party. And it's all fun and games. Everybody looks great in their costumes, you know? I th- what yeah, party I was going to say, go Jomi, you, you, know, you know what's not a tough look for Everson? Those little bitty shorts he was wearing, he is wearing the tiniest metallic shorts. And they're clearly shorts that have been given to them because Brew is wearing them as well, but they are much longer and less tight on Brew. And so I was like, did he give them this size preference or is this just what he ended up with? But I mean, he looked great. Let's be clear. Both of these guys who, these new guys who come in are quite handsome. Um... I would probably have gone to the under the sea party. I think you choose the toga party because you know you get a toga, but with an under the sea party, you know you're going to get a lot of props. And I think I would be more into the props. I, I'm i going with the toga party. That would have been it for me. You know, just put a little bed sheet on you. You know what I'm saying? Put a little, little olive crown on your boy. You I know, can see toga, it. Toga. I'm, I'm down. And Listen, I like to be a small fish in a big pond, and that is exactly what ever, ever, Everson's party was, because it was just him, Brew, and Rachel, and they got to do a little bonding that way, it seemed like. Yeah, so that ends, and we find out that there are no more new players. This, the circle is closed. The circle is closed. You know, they spent a lot of time with the Spice Girls trying to find out, you know, who was the the catfish? And we've only had two blockings, you know, yeah. in, in the seven episodes. That's a little that's a little different. You know, I like I don't I don't have a lot of reference points, but the structure of this season has seemed a little weird. 
I think it's like such a high to bring in the Spice Girls that I did feel a bit of a low once they left. And I wondered why they didn't like save them to be one of these spots, like one of the last people entering. And then all of that chaos around figuring out who they are comes later. They find out that the pot of money is bigger later. I'm sure there are pl- plenty of logistic reasons, but it, it has seemed a little weird that we haven't had more blockings um, and just, yeah, the, the kind of narrative flow has has been a little off. But I'm happy and comfortable with the people that we have left to see this through to the end. Yeah, yeah. Again, everybody is talking so openly about how Carol is a catfish. You know, Rachel signals to Trevor is like, hey, pal. I think Ray Carol's not real. <laughs> and it's like, right off the bat, just right off the jump. Yeah. You know? She's like, cool. Trevor's like, what's the tea? And he's like, I'm going to tell you. It's very direct. <laughs> she got right into it. Of course, when we're saying Trevor, I guess I should be saying Amani. I think I yeah. feel so connected to him as Trevor. But his catfish is Amani. And um, and everyone notices right off the bat that Amani and Everson are both like 35 single and ready to flamingle. And it's like set up to be this kind of romance between Trevor and Everson. So I'm excited to see how that goes down. I, <laughs> I cannot wait to see Trevor, if that's the case, to see Trevor as Imani trying to spit game with Everson. Ever said that would be that's comedy gold. I can't wait. He said he's I'm been practicing you. a lot of stuff. He said he's been braiding hair, he's been doing mm-hmm. makeup, and I hope he's been practicing his flirting with his <laughs> lovely wife. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. But so an interesting thing happens. We get a cyber attack. There has been a data breach. Lucky for the new people, Emerson and Imani, they are immune. But a photo album of one player is leaked to another player. All anonymous, right? And then the player who received the other player's leaked photo album gets to comment on one of the photos. And it gets a little nasty. It gets a, a little, little dicey. Sharp. What was what was your moment? You were like, oh snap, this comment is nuts. I mean, I think like the one example of Nathan actually using strategy well, and this is jumping to the final thing that happens, but he gets Alyssa, he posts a picture of her in Rome, and he says anonymously, Alyssa, you told me you'd never been to Europe before. How do you explain this picture? And for a second, we as the audience are like, huh? And then Alyssa says, That's a lie. She never said that to him. And I think that this really has a big impact on her game. And like, oh, far be it for me to give Nathan credit. But he went out on a limb. He told a straight up lie. And he did it at a time where it couldn't really be refuted because Alyssa can't even say anything back. And so it, it it gets some wheels turning. It gets people thinking. It's so grim. That like I was, <laughs> it's it's tough, it's tough because I'm watching on the TV and I'm like, that's just like not true, you know. Most people won't go that dirty, you know. what I'm saying like a snide comment, a little like throw some shade, but the straight up like just you know non factual is like, yeah, you said that you'd never been out the country, and like you said, Alyssa, there's what is Alyssa gonna do? Like how's she gonna beat this case? 
Right. right. And, you know, I was talking earlier about, like, not totally seeing the issue with a catfish, but I guess that is kind of a thing about a catfish, is at this point, Alex, as Nathan, has, like, this dual anonymity. He's playing as someone else, and he's anonymous, and he's, like, maybe a little more willing to be just, like, a complete jerk and just fully lie. Christ, it's... I'm. It, it was... It was... It's... I, and it was it was pretty dirty. It was really dirty, but it worked, right? Like, you know, you got you put some shade on somebody else to take some off you. Yu Ling calling Carol out her name was wild. Just like, yeah, you're we like, we know. Hey pal, we know you're not real, but like stop playing. Oh, there's basically not a game being played at this point where someone is not like, Hi Carol, we know you're a catfish. Good to see you. Talk to you later. <laughs> It's like I mean, it's just a commonly accepted narrative now. It's it's funny too because even Brew, because Carol gives out like a nice little answer. It's like, oh, it's all good. Like, don't don't worry about it. Like, I know you guys have suspicions of me, but I'm just here to have a good time. And Brew's like, even if you're probably a catfish, which you are, I love that answer. And I'm like, what is going? What's going on? <laughs> I know that you're See, fake, that but Bruce, I still enjoyed that. But Brew's point of view makes sense to me. Is he's like, this is my ally. I like her. I don't care if she's a catfish. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's good. And 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 then Brew had a great had a great tactic. He was like, "I'm gonna try and suss Nathan out." And he was like, "What is an eagle? Like how many pars? Or like how above, the other how much one. above par do you need for it to be an eagle?" And you know, I've dabbled in some you know Tiger Woods PGA golf thirteen. In my time. Sure, sure. So I know it's two, and I'm like, there's no way he knows it's two. There's no way. This man, he's cooked. He's finished. But in a season two Delisa Scotty Pippen moment, a moment of magic, he pulls it together. And yeah, he, gets he uses it right. a couple context clues, thinks through it a little. He does take a really long time to answer, which people noticed, and he doesn't know the answer. And so for a second, yeah, you're like, this is it. We got him. We got him. But we don't got him. And it it really hurt my feelings that he made it through that <laughs> scot-free. I had my I had my I had my pack ready for Nathan. I was like, you're done. You're finished, man. We finally got rid of this guy. But to no avail. And so with the virus still going on, Imani and Everson have the power to pass on antivirus software to their fe fellow players. Right. As the two new players, they are, have come equipped as the latest iOS system with <laughs> the antivirus software. And as their, as their gift, as their privilege as new players, they get to pass it along to one other player. However, we talked about this a little offline. I love this cyber attack twist. It's so weird. I'm shocked at the way the producers like find ways to keep this stuff fresh and to keep it interesting. And so when they explain that the new players are going to have this power, it sounds like they're going to have the power to pass out the antivirus software, theoretically speaking, yeah. to everyone, like except for one person. It sounds like they're going to have the power of who to block. But what they ultimately get the power to do is to give it to one person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I Like you said, I like because it's a cascading 
you know, sliding doors effect, right? Where you pick somebody instead of picking the other person, you now leave them open to getting eliminated. And it's like just a, a waterfall of cascading, you know, ideals. And I'm just like, ooh, it just compl- it, it creates complete chaos. What it does is it takes everyone's power away. You have this one choice to make. It's like the butterfly effect. Like you have this one choice to make that is going to affect how each further choice goes, but you have no control over the further choices. So you really like you have this tiny bit of control. And if it goes in a direction you're not expecting, then everything changes and you've either made or tanked your game maybe completely by accident. Right. So Brew and Nathan have a nice little chat and it's like, hey, Bruce's like, hey, you killed that. Congratulations. Well done. And I died a little bit on the inside, but that's fine. And then Imani and Everson get together with the the Norton and McAfee uh, antivirus software <laughs> and they, they got to decide who they want to keep, you know? And it's like, is it, is it, they decide between Rachel and Frank. And at the end of the day, they go with Frank. What did you think about that decision, Jody? I thought, I don't know. I It was interesting to have the new people do it because, yeah, like I said, I'm surprised at how people aren't seeing Frank as a threat yet. I mean, I think they do, but they're not acting on it. And so it really is interesting to, in this instance, give these new people this power who just see Frank as like, that's their guy. They really like him. They like they like what they've seen. And so it makes perfect sense. Whereas for everyone else, they might already be starting to turn that corner of like, we got to get Frank out of here. And he didn't have his, his biggest alliance in Krissa anymore. Of course, he's made this better alliance uh, in, or, or, or another alliance in Rachel and Yuling. Yep. Um, and so it's it's fun the way this plays out to get to see these new alliances at play and people having to choose between their alliances. And that's what the cyber attack really does is like expose people who have multiple alliances. And suddenly you're like, how on earth did they choose that person? There are some circle chats going on that I had no idea about. And it's basically at this point that the other players, when when the new guys only get to choose Frank, everyone discovers how this is going to work, that it's going to trickle down. Frank gets to choose who he saves. Then the next person gets to choose who he saves. And so they've had real, like no real time to strategize this. And they just kind of have to go with what they can think of in that moment. So take it through it. Take us through it, Jomi. Frank gets picked. Who does he pick? And of course, Frank picks Yuling, right? And with that, Yuling is is at a crossroads, right? Mm-hmm. Because she knows that she has the thruple, but with Frank picking her, she understands like, hey, this is an inner circle thing. I need to, he picked me so I can pick Rachel, Right. And her strength kind of becomes her weakness. She has all these alliances, and now she has to choose between them. Right. And it's it's really a decision between thinking with your heart and thinking with your head. Right. Do you go strategically with your hashtag inner circle alliance, or do you go with the homies that you've cultivated along the way with Brew and Alyssa? And in a shocking twist, Yuling passes it on to Rachel. Yeah, I Sasha just chimed in that she sees it as the opposite. And I actually see it as the opposite, too, that she went with her heart by choosing Rachel. No, no, that she went. <laughs> no. I don't know. No, 
I'm getting mixed up because I think she has this emotional bond to Frank and Rachel. And she has this long-standing allyship with Brew and Alyssa. But do do Brew and Alyssa get her any further than Frank and Rachel? Those are two powerful players. She had to choose. Yeah, I think what it is for me is her agenda is to get Carol up out of here, bro. That's that's all she wants to do. Like, that's her agenda. I want Carol out this game. I'm sick of the, the mama Carol, the ah-da-da garbage. She's, I want her gone, right? And so that was her agenda. So for, in, in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, it's agendas versus like, you know, your homies. You know what I mean? But that's the head she's thinking with. She thinks that if she chooses Alyssa, Alyssa will choose Brew and Brew will choose Mama Carol. She's trying to circumvent that, but what she has no control over what happens after she hands the baton to Rachel. Exactly. And, and in my thought process, I... So it goes, Rachel picks Nathan, which is weird. I See, that's, I think that's the true chaos agent, is like Rachel chose Nathan. They didn't like each other and didn't trust each other moments ago. They had one conversation where they they decide that it makes sense that for them to be allies because they came in as newbies. They established this sort of little brother, big sister thing, but it doesn't yeah. seem very deep. I was shocked, that, and I think, and Yu Ling was shocked that she chose Nathan. I, I I just I knew it was chalk, right? I was like, you when you pick Rachel, Rachel, I guess because we have a you know bigger insight, we see a lot of things right. that happen that they don't see. As soon as she picked Rachel, I was like, oh, Rachel's picking Nathan, Nathan's picking Brew. You now have left your the decision in Brew's hands, right? Which is tough because yeah, she has and, such and a good Brew relationship with Brew will never both. forgive you, Ling, for that. Like, you know, Brew doesn't go out, but he, but ultimately he's put in this position to choose between Mama Carol and Alyssa, literally his two biggest alliances. And that's why I think the Yuling decision is is tough to swallow because no matter who goes home or who stays, if let's say, you know, let's say Carol goes home and Alyssa's like, you, Ling, you left me out there to hang. You left me and Brew out there to, to die. Like, what's going on? And then, let's say Alyssa goes home. Brew's like, you just let one of our... I had to make a tough decision. You let one of our Alliance members go home. Like, she has blown that thing up sky high, right? And I guess she didn't really have... It, it's tough because, again, like, if she picks Alyssa or Brew in the first place, then she's left, like, trying to, you know... Sm- talk to Frank and Rachel and they're like, hey, right. what's going I mean, on? Yeah, so she's I, in a tough position. But either way, like, if let's like, we'll talk about like, so before I get to that, actually, let me just, <laughs> let me just ask it. Who do you think she's going to pick? Like for our final thing, who do you think's going home next week? Okay, so we're down to brew. The choices are Alyssa and Mama Carol, his two biggest alliances I don't know, Jomi. That's so uh, hard. This because this guy is like, I it has been hilarious and adorable and like a little off-putting at times because of the reality of the situation. How obsessed Brew is with Carol, like yeah. in that, like I said that Carol's way more into the group chat than like the girls are into it. Brew is more into Carol than Carol's into Brew. Like he <laughs> and he said that in his real life he is a mama's boy with his own mother, and that seems to be fueling this. He loves Mama Carol. 
I think on a strategic level at this point, Yuling has already blown up the Thruple Alliance. And so either way, Brew is down to a one-on-one alliance. He's choosing between an alliance of him and Alyssa, and obviously that this would tie them together much stronger. And he's choosing between what already existed as a strong alliance of he and Mama Carol. And so I think if I were put in that situation, I'd choose the existing one-on-one and choose Mama Carol, who also everyone already knows is a catfish. And I think Alyssa's kind, at this point kind of the bigger threat. And so strategically... I think he should choose Mama Carol. So immediately finishing the episode, I was like, oh, he's going to send, he's going to send Carol home. Like it's a pack. But I started to think about it and I was like, nah, you know, I started to think the way you're, you're thinking right now. And I was like, it makes way more sense that Brew would keep Carol and leave Alyssa. And I, I came around and like, okay, so it's, I'm pretty sure like when we load up the episode, on Wednesday, we're gonna see Alyssa go home, and mm, like, and as I was saying, what a twist! And as I was saying before, that's tough for Yuling to swallow because now either Alyssa has to go meet with somebody, or she and she gets the the exit interview, and she's gonna like air Ooh, that out. She's yeah, gonna those are air always. out the smoke. I don't like. We didn't oh, know. but what if he chooses Mama Carol and everyone finally gets to see that it's John? That's true. That would be that would be something. But if if Alyssa goes scorched earth on it, Yuling is finished in the circle. She's done. Yuling's playing a risky game. She's she's got a hand in a lot of pots. And if she can keep balancing it, my metaphors are getting mixed up, but if she can keep balancing <laughs> these pots and spinning these plates. <laughs> then she could win. But it could also extremely blow up in her face. I think it is going to do that. I think it's going to just in her face. And it's it, and it sucks because she's just a vibrant, interesting person. But like, I think this is the, this is the, the moment where it just all, it all falls down for her. Um, but we'll see. We'll have to tune in next time and see. Jody, great as always to talk to you. We had a blast. Now you guys should tune in because I got the absolute pleasure to talk to Circle Legends, really, Trevor and Elisa. Stay tuned for that. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. All right, Circle fam. I am honored to be joined by not only a Circle champion, <laughs> but honestly, just Circle royalty. I'm here with Delisa and Trevor. I am. It's honestly, it's honestly a privilege. How are you guys doing? 
Oh my uh, God, that was so right? nice. Wow, I don't know if I've ever had an introduction like that. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, we're we're fantastic, man. It's it's yeah. so nice to be on here with you and get to chat with you, man. I'm, we're really, really, really excited. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's our honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say congratulations. The last time we saw. Delisa in the circle, you had one baby girl, and now we saw the picture you had, Trevor. You got two. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, my uh our babies, she's she's been like the most incredible addition to mm-hmm. our family. Like, no, ah, no. ah, we're just in love. We're obsessed with our children. Yeah. Like, we are those parents that we will talk about, we can talk about our kids yeah. all day, every day, <laughs> show you all thousands of pictures, show you their videos. Like, we are oh, yeah. actually obsessed mm-hmm. with our kids. It's not a joke. It's, it's weird, <laughs> but it's, I don't care. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love that. It. I love that. Listen, when this interview is over, we could we could do that after. I would love I would love to see the whole spill, all the pictures, everything. That's great. Now, I just wanted to to start off by asking. So, you know, Delisa, you went in as Trevor and won the whole thing in season two. And now, Trevor, you showed up in season four, which is awesome. How did you get this opportunity? How did this come about? Um, you know what, Delisa and I honestly are the two most competitive people. Like we compete with each other for everything. It doesn't matter how insignificant it is. We're going to compete over it. So, um, you know, when she, when she went in the game as me, so many people were asking me like, Oh, well, how do you think she did? And you know, what would you have done differently? And people were, you know, so I was, I was critiquing things that she did. I was like, I don't know if I would have done that. I probably wouldn't have said that, you know? So she was just like, Oh, well, excuse me. Like, if you think you can do better, why don't you try show improve? So, mm-hmm. you know, I said, well, yeah, like, obviously I could, like, if you want is me, like I can win. You know? <laughs> so, uh, she said, go and apply, which I did. And, um, I interviewed, went through the entire process, just like anybody else. And yeah. luckily enough for me, it, it worked out where I was able to go on. Yeah. I hope nobody thinks that he was just like free hands at this mm-hmm. opportunity. He had to apply just like everybody else, send an audition video, yeah. go through the interviews, everything that a normal person would have to do. He actually had to do as well. Mm-hmm. They put him through the ringer for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day, show and you have to be able to make a good show. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, so far, so good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So when you, when he got the calls, like, all right, you're going to be on the circle. Did you give him any tips to Lisa? Were you like, all right, here's how you do it? Or are you like, nah, I want to, I want to be the only circle champ out here. So you got to do anything. it. Home. I didn't tell him nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. No, right? <laughs> um, I did help him a lot, but I didn't help him in ways that the world would think I did. Like, I think people assume like, like, you know, I went on and I'm going to give him all the background details on like how the games are going to work and how you're going to do ratings. And it's like, you cannot do that because each game is different. Yeah. You know, uh, you have different players and you have uh, different actual games within the circle. Like you just can't do that. Um, I really just helped him with his catfish Bible, that's what we call it. Um, how to be a woman and, and all of those things. But as far as the game is concerned, that was all him. And mm-hmm. it needed to be like that because we are in competition with each other. Yeah. So <laughs> if I helped him in any other way, other than how to be a woman and he does better than me, then I just basically like cheated on myself. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that look, that look you gave her. <laughs> Well, uh, don't worry about it. I didn't see it. I'm happy. 
It was, it was a, a good look. It was a good look. No, I, I got you. It was a good look. It was a good look. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, I got you, my brother. No. <laughs> So it's, you know, it's early days. Uh, you showed up in episode seven. Now, like, at least at least when this episode, when this airs, episode eight, you know, stops with who's going home, you know, Alyssa or Carol, right? And so you made, you and uh, Everson made the decision to keep Frank. Like, what went into that? Uh, it was honestly just a, just a gut decision, you know, based on the conversations that I had with Frank. You know, the the first impression that he made was like, you know, this guy, I love his energy. I love what he brings. His personality is unbelievable. Um, and I think, you know, I felt like he's such a genuine person that if he had the opportunity to save us in the game, you know, I, I, I felt that he would, you know. So I think like it would have just paid dividends for us going down the line, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was like a tactical decision right yeah. there. Oh yeah. You know, um, and you, because like also, you know, it's you want to you want to have genuine people on your side, right? Like you yeah. feel like you can trust them. Those are the people you need in your corner, especially yeah. going down the stretch, you know, coming in when when I came in, it was really important for me to form those, form those, those really tight bonds. Um, so I'm like, if I pick Frank, I really feel like, you know, if he's given the opportunity to reciprocate that, he would. Awesome. You know, so that was like, like you said, a game move, but also like one that I felt in my gut was was just the right thing to do. I see the vision. So you went in as Imani. Yeah. And Delisa, you went in as Trevor. Yeah. And so, you know, at least in season two, we we might maybe we'll see it in the future. But Delisa, you did a lot of you did heavy flirting <laughs> with um, with Chloe. Do you still talk to Chloe? Um, Chloe and me, we're so cool. Like we're still friends, but like, we just don't have the opportunity to talk that much. I'm very busy. She's very busy. And we're on opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Um, So yeah, like there's like that whole time difference. Like we're so busy. Um, but if I saw her, it would be nothing but hugs and love and like, we'll catch up. Mm. And that's my girl. Like she's so cool. So yeah. (laughs) Did you, did you watch that? Did you go back and like watch that season? Um, you know, because oh, oh. you mean him? Yo, yeah. Like, did oh, you guys like oh. go back and you know, watch season two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did. You watch? Oh, you watched it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So I watched it. I watched it prior to going in. I just needed a little refresher. Like, yeah. you know, obviously, we watched it together. Yeah. But you know, you just you kind of just need to get your get your mind in the game. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then I got and obviously, like, I mean, I got a, a pretty good blueprint. As to how to how to you know to some extent approach the game, or just like just try to pick up on as many quirks as you can, you know. Um, I felt like it, it wouldn't hurt to go back and watch it, so I did. You know, like just do homework, you know, yeah. see where like certain people, not necessarily just for Delisa's game, but for where like other people went wrong. You know, being catfish. You mentioned your catfish bible, and this reminds me of I think one of the pivotal moments of your win, Delisa. So they ask they ask you about the three basketball players, right? Oh my god, Michael, uh, Dennis Rodman is the third, and you're just like racking your brain. You're like, ah, I know he knows this. I know he knows this, yeah. <laughs> and then you nail it, right? Yeah. And so people are like, oh, of course, of course, you know she would know who Scottie Pippen was. Like, how did <laughs> how did that feel in that moment? Because that's really like what like brought you all the way through. I feel like that was like yeah, the moment. So- it's so funny because when I watched that clip back, like um, I didn't know 
how serious I looked. Like I was sitting there with the <laughs> fake glasses on, pushing it closer. Like that's gonna help me. I don't even. I was close. I was closing in on the TV screen. I'm like, who is that? Like the TV's gonna tell me. Like I was um, really excited when I got that right because I knew that that would have been like the downfall of my game. And I probably celebrated like all night, like I think. And I mean, they didn't really show much. They definitely showed me like, yeah, like I got it. But I was sitting there like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, trying to get me. Yeah, I, get. I, was, I was getting real like, I was getting like real like New York ghetto, like black girl. Like I was really on my, you know what? Y'all ain't going to get me. I'm the best catfish. I'm the man. Oh, ain't nobody. Oh, I just went, I was, I was doing that for like a good hour and a half maybe like oh oh wow okay like I like you couldn't tell me nothing in that moment like right then and there I was convinced I was a guy like it's not even a joke like I was <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's funny because like you you like you talk about the catfish bible that was one thing I did not put in you yeah, know it was right. like we talked about it because in my mind I'm like you're gonna know him if no, you no, no, see, no. you know so, like so, so, that's so, what I thought okay let me let me let me tell you what happened all right <sighs> I was I was going through, I was reviewing my notes before it was time for me to like fly out, right? And I'm looking and I'm like, I see all of these names and I'm just like, I don't know why. Who the hell is Scotty Pippen? Because I don't see his name on here. And I remember saying to Trevor and I'm like, babe, who is Scotty Pippen? Like, I, I feel like I should know who he is. Like, you don't know. I don't have any information on him. And Trevor was like, oh, babe, they're not going to ask about him. Like, I don't know why he said that. And it was so quick. They're not going to ask about Scotty Pippen. And I'm like, I feel like you never know. Like, who is he, though? I feel like I should know something. And yeah. he was just like, trust me, they're not going to ask about him. If they ask about him, you know, like he has a big nose. Like, yeah. sorry, I was like, Scotty, I was like, I was like number 33, big nose. <laughs> no, you didn't say number yes, 33. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You said. I remember that conversation. No, and I remember, didn't. like, really just, like, saying no. to Scotty, like, oh, nobody really cares. No, you didn't. Because I remember saying, like, okay. well, what if they don't show a picture of him? Like, how am I going to know that's who he is? And you was just like, they're not going to ask about him. And they asked about him. And you got it right. <laughs> because he was the only one that wasn't in the book that I, like, the And you saw the nose. Me. And you saw the nose. No, I didn't remember the nose and Scotty. Yeah, like did. I really didn't until like afterwards. And I was like, oh, that's probably the who he was talking about. It was okay. This is PTSD. <laughs> giving me PTSD. I was excited. <laughs> and now I'm excited because I remember how scared and nervous I was beforehand and how mad I was. I was really actually angry because I'm like, why is this not in the book? And then they're like, Oh, I was just like, okay, I'm just done. Yeah. Hey, you pulled it together. You got it right. You got the hundred grand. Like, yes. it all worked out. But I got PTSD from it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you've won the game, but Trevor, you're starting off really well. People showed up to your party. They wanted to go to the Joker party. How did that feel that you had the more people there? Yeah. Oh, man, that's the best feeling because, like, who wants to throw a party and nobody shows up? Like, yeah. that's the most, like, I yeah. mean, I don't know. Like, and not for nothing, I feel like Delisa would, like, really hang that one over my head. You know, like, Delisa, <laughs> that's my wife's party girl. Like, you know, she knows how to throw a party and she can be yeah. like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody showed up? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's, and it's just a bad way to start off, you know? <laughs> like, that's not the introduction to the circle you want to make. So, like, yeah. I was over the moon excited when, I saw that more people came to my party. Like, I was like, yes, yes, this is 
it felt like the like the stars were aligning. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. And they had great energy. Like every, yeah. I think this season has been really interesting. Like there's a lot of good vibes, at least in the first through the first episodes. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. in your season, Delisa, it wasn't all it wasn't all roses, especially early. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about like the lack of drama? Are you surprised at the lack of drama between your season and this season so far? I I am surprised that there is less drama um, or lack of drama, so to speak, because the game we're in season four. You know, like season one, they came in, they were new to the game, they were trying to figure it out. They kind of was like feeding off of each other. And of course, you know, you're going to go in friendly and stuff like that. Season two, we came in guns blazing. It was like, oh, we're here for the money. We're trying to win. And that's where, you know, the snakes came out and people were backstabbing and we were doing anything that we could do. But it's a game and that's what you come to do and you come to win. And at the end of it all, uh, most people, as you should, walk away and understand that it's a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no matter how cutthroat it is, that's what you signed up for. So. I personally thought moving forward, it was just going to continue in that direction. Um, and not for nothing, personally, you know, I think the world likes to see a little drama. It makes it interesting. It makes it fun. Uh, the good thing about Circle is, like, I think at the end, usually, usually, people end up as friends and it's like a Circle family. So it doesn't matter, like, how cutthroat um, and dramaful it is. It's a good show. Yeah. And that's what I was expecting to see. Um it's weird to not see it. I, I don't hate it though. I like it because like everybody's nice. It's cool to see. Um, I just I don't know. I'm I'm surprised that there's not more drama and more like throwing people under the bus <laughs> and like trying to like out people and like really like backstabbing people. Like it's fun to watch those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely starting to get it toward mm-hmm. the end of this batch mm-hmm. of episodes, and yeah. so I'm excited to see what the future holds. Like. You know, no spoilers, Trevor, but how did your experience differ from Delisa's? Like, if you've talked about it at all, like, how how different were they? Yeah. Um. I mean, I think the fact that, like, there's, you definitely didn't have the same level of, of drama, you know, like, coming into the game, I was like, you, you didn't really know what to expect, but I felt, I also felt like Delisa did, like, that was going to be, you know, a very, a very big element of the game. So, um, I was kind of, I was really expecting, I was expecting that, but that wasn't so much the case. So it it definitely differed in that respect, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just a different game, you know, it's just a different game. The twists were different. The turns are different. And, um, yeah, just the overall cast. So I guess like just the vibe that the season takes on, you know, for, for me, um, was was just all 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 together just a different one you know i think that is so cool that the spice girls were on your season because yeah i would have died okay i'm <laughs> a spice girl not like super fan where i know all their like i have bad memories so like i don't know like facts about them or whatever but i know their songs and i love them and i think melby is just the most amazing person in the world and baby spice is so cute even now as a grown woman like how you still so cute i don't understand so for me like the fact that they brought like these real ass celebrities in the circle Mm -hmm. like that is so cool um so i thought that was like like just probably 
like like jealous i was jealous <laughs> i'm like why like why you get yeah. the spice girls like why couldn't i get the spice girls you know <laughs> yeah. it was like you know if like there's anybody you want to come visit you it's the spice girls. Oh my God. you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> i think that's the only God. time people are like please come yeah. please come visit me can we have a concert in my little room please <laughs> That would be incredible in those small circle apartments. Right. Just yes. like you know, get the mics and everything. <laughs> I know. That would have been amazing. <sighs> that would be nuts. I love to ask everybody in the circle this because it's one of my my biggest things watching the circle. What do you do when you're not like when you're not doing activity? Like what's your go-to, you know, downtime thing to like just hang out and pass the time? Yeah. Oh, uh, honestly, me, like mine was puzzles. I like I love puzzles. So that was like a, that was a big one for me. Um, and like to see if I can get puzzles done, like uh, like amidst <laughs> yeah, the crazy schedule, true. if I can actually finish a puzzle, like that was going to be an accomplishment for me. So that's kind of how I spent my downtime was like puzzles, read a little bit. But that was like my number one go to. That's good. I, I was I was playing Sudoku, so I'm not that good at those type of physical puzzles or whatever. So I was playing Sudoku against myself and like I would finish something uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to finish faster. I didn't have a clock or anything, but I assumed like I was going faster than before. Uh, yeah. I was trying like, yeah. So that's really what I was doing. I was doing my makeup and my hair. You see my hair changing and my makeup different all the time. And then like towards the end, I was like really tired. So I was like trying to nap and stuff because <laughs> I was like, that's when I realized I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant during the show. Oh, and I, wow. I was like really yeah. tired. So I was at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm nauseous. I'm tired. Like <laughs> I gotta, I gotta just take a nap. <laughs> oh, how was that? Like, just like finding out like in the middle of this like life-changing experience, like, oh, there's another life-changing experience going on. It, 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 honestly, like when I say this was a roller, it was a roller coaster experience for me. It really was mm -hmm. because like it was so many emotions being thrown about throughout the entire show, just relating to the show. And then, you know, you bring my family into it and it's like, I left my one-year-old. I've never been away from her. I left my husband. Oh my God, I know he's a great dad, but like, you know, sometimes babies need their mommy. Mm. And then I find out I'm pregnant and I'm like, holy shit, hot damn. Like, what else <laughs> yeah. could happen? Yeah. Oh, I know what else could happen. You're going to win a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Like, <laughs> like, it's just so much that happened. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was really crazy. Um, and I found out on, like, they give you one day off. Um, and that's the day that I agreed to take a pregnancy test because I told them, like, oh, I think I might be pregnant. I'm just letting you know, like, health purposes and, like, I'm probably not going to be down in alcohol, whatever. And they're like, well, can you please take a test? And I'm like, no, I need to focus on the game. Like, that's how <laughs> competitive we are, where it's like everything revolves around the game when you're playing a yeah. game like that and i'm like it has to be about the game so when we, i had that day off and i took the test and i found out that i was pregnant that was the day for me to like process it um i didn't tell him they was actually gonna let me talk to him and tell him but i was like no because i just want to focus on the game so i basically pushed that to the back of my head uh it kind of fueled my fire a little bit and that's when you see me come out with like the game plan with like Mitchell and mm. Chloe and that's when I kind of like really like went full throttle I think but I also tried to keep it in the back of my head but it was still in the front of my head so <laughs> yeah that's legendary stuff right there we have 
Serena Williams winning the Australian Open while pregnant and Delisa wow. winning the circle <laughs> while pregnant. Same, same level of stuff. Compare me to Serena yes. Williams. That's, that's, that's good company. That's what it is. All right. I think we're coming up on time, but I just wanted to ask you, Trevor, before we let you yeah. go, these next few episodes, like I said, it's going to get a little tight, you know? It's coming down to, to the money time. Mm-hmm. Without spoiling anything, what can we expect going forward in the last few episodes of The Circle? Uh, you just expect me to bring it, man. Like, I'm just going to bring it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, knowing that the end is near, I think I up my level of gameplay quite a bit. Um, so expect it to get strategic, expect it to, to just become even more fun than it, than it's been, you know, just in my first couple episodes. So, um, I think it's going to be a good ride, you know, down the stretch. Awesome. Again, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, we can't wait to see what happens on this season of the circle, Trevor, good luck to you. Delisa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been great, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Thank you as always to the ringers, Jody Walker and Trevor Delisa and our producers, Sasa Mack, Chelsea Stark Jones and Devin Manzi. You can read everything Jody writes on the ringer.com. What a great website. Listen to me on the ringerverse every week. Check back into the ringer reality TV podcast next Sunday when we will be discussing the final four episode drop before the finale. I cannot wait to see who wins. So tap in. You can also find our Survivor podcast with Tyson Apostle, our Challenge podcast with Johnny Bananas, and a brand new podcast focused entirely of the world of Bravo on this feed, Morally Corrupt with Rachel Lindsay. Thank you guys for listening as always. Circle and chat. Circle and chat.